<laughs> hey, welcome back, Underground. <laughs> Which, uh, I love to mess with you like that. All right, so here's where we are. We've been talking about barriers. We've gone down some different trails here. We've talked about some big picture stuff and some very specific things, like the structures of the current prevailing model church don't really work towards move. <laughs> that, that was my shoe. That was my shoe. <laughs> I tried to hold it. Me too. <laughs> no, nah, it's my shoe. I got these really cool. Uh, they're they're not quite Crocs and they're not quite cool, but they're 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 <laughs> shoes that are rubber that have holes in them that are you know I can swim in them or I can wear them in the summer. But they're squeaky. Who swims in shoes? I mean, if you're going like a canoe trip or something, that's not swimming. That's canoeing. Well, you never get in the water on a canoe trip. Anyway, to return. <laughs> All right, we're pulling it back. So the point is, we have gone some big picture ideas about the church and its. And, and much of the Western form is not designed to help us uh, see movement occur. We've talked about some specific things like knowing people's names. Uh, and, and what we want to kind of tee up today is this idea of like, we're, we're trying to think through, okay, like where, where were we when we first began this journey? What were the barriers that affected us? Right. Mm-hmm. So once we did this sort of deconstruction work of like, oh, no, 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 Jesus has called me to do this personally. Right. That was the that was the big moment for me, hmm. just personally, of, of just I haven't made disciples. I've talked about it a bunch. Yeah. I taught on it from the platform. I've preached on these passages, but actually being able to identify people that like I have helped them move towards Jesus, surrender their life to Jesus, become obedient to the rhythms and the ways of Jesus. I can't name that. So I have to begin to do that. Yeah. What was the first thing? I was like, uh, well, what is it? Yeah. What's the thing? Yeah. Like you keep saying, do the thing. And I'm not really sure what the thing is because the thing for most of my life was memorize these passages of scripture. Make sure you give this much money. Check these boxes. Hmm. And as long as you do most of those things, you can kind of feel like I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And if I tell other people about the five boxes that they can check, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in the end, we're really talking about like if the commission that is great is to make disciples, then what, what, I mean, what's a disciple? Like, what are we talking about? And this actually is not just some like in the air you know, a thousand foot in the air question. Like, is this really practical? Because yeah, it, yeah. It, my stomach just like, I felt this in, in this little thing roll. I was like, well, this feels like we're about to get real heady. And No. I mean, first of all, no. it's, it's 2.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> and yeah, that's not how I roll. Like the, uh, basically what I'm trying to so say, we were sitting with a bunch of pastors in a, uh, actually you weren't there. You were in a different breakout. I was sitting with a bunch of pastors. You would know if I went into detail what I'm talking about. And they all came from a specific denomination that was a very heady denomination. And we're talking about what does it mean to make disciples? That was kind of the conversation that I got to. And it was clear that this group of pastors had come up collectively with a definition of what a disciple is. And it was really, really interesting to look at them because what we did was we read Acts 17 together, which is well, my favorite. I, I mean, if you've ever done training with me, there's a good chance you did that. We look at the story of the gospel being planted in Philippi, meeting Lydia, the, the jailer, and 
and all that stuff. And it was very interesting because I, I basically asked, what, what do we learn about disciple making in this passage? And they were really caught up on the definition that they had come up with what, of what a disciple was. They were okay with making converts. They were okay with everyday people evangelism for people to pray the prayer. But discipleship is something that happened later. There was, there was a level of next, next level maturity that, that came as an understanding with the idea of disciple where I'm thinking through, okay, if I'm called, if I'm the first things first is I'm stepping into, I'm supposed to make disciples. And if I have a really complicated understanding of what that is, then I'm from day one, I'm, I'm, I'm crippled and actually be able to take any action steps with it because it's like, man, that's overwhelming to, to think about. But if like, what, what is a disciple? Okay. So Jesus looked at him and said, okay, follow me mm. immediately. There was the, the depth of knowledge that any of the disciples had of Jesus or what it meant to follow Jesus when they took that first step was unbelievably low, <laughs> right? They have no idea. Even if we go deep into all of the context of a rabbi and you all that stuff, I'm telling you, they don't know that much about it. They're taking a step of faith and saying, hey, follow me. So what if our discipleship ways mirrored that? You know, and like to make a disciple is something that's actually a little more simple than maybe what your mind, you know, is thinking about right now. So do you have a definition, Corey? I mean, I've got a definition. What's your definition? You want to hear my definition? That's why I asked you the question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I I remember, I, I have a real simple one. A disciple is someone who hears and obeys Jesus. That's mine. Really? Yeah. Did you take it from me or the Bible? Yep. That's good. Yeah, what well, was like, I stalled we were, just long enough to answer yes to both <laughs> questions. <laughs> but isn't that we were trying to like I, we had a group text among maybe you, me, and Rob once mm-hmm. of like, hey, give this definition, and they were all good. Like traditionally, I've said an apprentice, you know, which is also really simple and even shorter. But I think in the end, it's someone who hears and obeys, someone who f- hears and follows, who matches their life with his life type of thing. But hear and obey is that thread all throughout. God's people of really the baseline, what we're called to do. Yeah. I think that's something that's given me a lot of freedom, but also a lot of responsibility. So it like, it raises the bar and in some ways it lowers the bar. If if that makes sense where it's like, it, it raises the bar because I have this definition and I am responsible to help other people learn to hear and obey. Mm. So it raises the bar because I wasn't really doing that before. I was just telling people what God said and they should do it, Yeah, which is not helping them hear and obey. Mm. And so raising the bar on, oh, I, I want to help people do this, but it lowers the bar because it is not my responsibility to come up with for them what Jesus is saying. Mm. And so... Um, and it gives clarity on like how I want to live my life in the sense of I want to live in community in such a way that I can help people hear and obey. Now with Disciples Made, this other ministry that the underground has been partnered with and, and we use their resources and tools, um, the, the definition of a disciple is character times calling equals impact. Like, so the, there's outcome attached to it. So mm. I kind of weave all of this stuff together, right? Yeah. I love the simple uh, coming together because the way that we talk about that is character is the fruit of the spirit. Calling is gifts of the spirit 
And impact is the difference that we make in the world. Because through the Spirit, when, when we ask people like, hey, how are you doing on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Just like one to ten, how are you doing? And most people that aren't like really arrogant are like, mm, probably a four or five, you know. Mm. And then when you start talking about calling, the gifts of the Spirit, man, most people are like, calling? I don't have one of those, so zero. It's so like we can't pick zero, so one. You get a one, you know. Mm. So... <clears throat> as you begin to help people understand like fruit of the spirit in their life and gifts of the spirit, like how do you help them like discover I need to grow. I need to see the fruit of the spirit more demonstrated in my life. I need to grow in my calling, my awareness of that masterpiece mission that we were talking about before. How do we help them do that mm. here and obey? Yeah. It's so funny cause people, that's not a satisfying answer. No. When someone is asking, okay, what are you, what are you guys doing about discipleship? Okay, I, okay, I get this like discovery Bible study thing. You do this with seekers, but what about when you really need to get to like the real stuff? Like, yeah, 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 totally. Just keep doing that. No, no, no. I get that. I get that. I get that. You're supposed to like, yeah. You don't want to do a lot of teaching. You want the Holy Spirit to speak to them. I get that. But when you need to start eating meat, yeah, yeah, and not just you know milk, what do you do then? Yeah, we we yeah we just keep doing that. We keep listening to the Jesus. What you know? I mean, it's truly. I mean, this conversation over and over and over again. Um, why why do people do that? Well, I mean, and I get it. I mean, I, I'm I'm throwing that out there because I guarantee there's lots of people listening to this that have either thought that or are thinking that now. It's like, okay, yes, we want to we want people to be able to on a on a very simple level. Get them to a point where they can just hear on their own, all right? But at some point, like, teaching is a thing, and at some point, they need to go deeper. Yeah, we're not going against any of that. Nope. But if you start at the beginning of the process with teaching someone how to hear and obey Jesus, then you are actually including all the laws of the prophets. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You're including every word that Jesus ever said because you're saying, I want to be someone who hears God. Like, if we're reading scriptures together, what is this temptation to think that I have to interpret it for people to understand it? Like the Holy Spirit's role, like that's what he does. He draws people, he teaches. And yeah, sometimes he uses gifted people to be able to explain things. Praise the Lord. But man, Jesus, can he doesn't need me to speak to someone. Like, so if your understanding of discipleship and reproducing disciples is that you have to know enough to be able to do what the pastor does on the stage and have the answers and tell people, if you feel like that's what you got to do to make disciples, then dude, of course you're not going to do that. That's so scary. That's hard. Or it's going to take 20 years and you're still not going to, by the way, not going to feel confident 20 years from now. You're not going to feel more confident then than you are now. I guarantee you. Yeah. I guarantee you. But like, there's a simplicity of it. So when we talk about, okay, what's the next step? What do I actually do? Just uncomplicate everything. And if you're reading the word together or you're talking about spiritual things and what the words of Jesus and you say, all right, what does that mean to you? Okay, what are we going to do about it? Like you immediately say, okay, let's just, let's just simply hear God and do what he says. You're actually, I mean, that there is a depth there, that is way deeper of a discipleship method, even if, if it's day one or if it's 10 years later. Obedience is always deeper than agreement. Mm. And so like, so no, we don't, we don't graduate. 
We don't graduate to deeper things. Yeah, you might, man, your mind might get stirred. You might want to read 10 books on this. Praise the Lord. Do that. But the baseline is here and obey. Yeah, and there's so much good teaching out there. You like know? like what I just did, man. Yeah. It's just... like so. <laughs> so I thought that's what you, oh, I thought you were going there. I should have complimented you. I'm so sorry. I'm embarrassed. No, keep going. Yeah, I, man, 100% on all of that is just how do we help people hear the voice of Jesus and respond in obedience? And then when the voice of Jesus is saying, hey, I need you to do something about the way that you, um, the way that you honor your boss. Hmm. And then, you know, we find that in scripture, right? Slaves obey your master. I mean, yeah. you know, as you're reading that and it's like, I'm not a slave. This is a, this is a person with dignity and with worth yeah. and I'm dishonoring him completely in my mm. everyday day to day things. And it's like, again, this goes back to that idea that like what this stuff is motivated out of, why do we want to help you hear and obey? Mm. Because we want to help you hear how you can join Jesus in bringing the fullness of the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. It's not about learning more knowledge. We've been trying to do that for a really long time. Mm. And it's really not changing the game. There is enough information out there. I mean, even John said it, right? Like we could talk about all of the things Jesus did and they wouldn't, there wouldn't be enough books in the world. Yeah. Right. Um, it's like, there's so much knowledge about who God is, but he wants you to join him with your life in obedience. And, you know, I've been following Jesus for 30 years now. Man, you're old. Uh I know. That's why I put it out there and gave you the space to call me old. I knew it was coming, (laughs) but it's like, you know, the, all of the, uh, it's, I feel like it's, I've, I've always been trying to be obedient to him. I don't want to take it away and say that we've not ever been trying to do that. Now we've stumbled onto the thing to help people understand it's here and obey, but it's like learning into the everyday stuff of life. And it's like the things that I'm becoming obedient to now to Jesus were very different five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm. And it's just like, I don't have to get some greater, you know, book, some, some newer thing, some bigger knowledge. It's just like, no, it's just today. These are new things that I'm dealing with today. How can I join Jesus and seeing like the fullness of him fill my life and then spill over into the world? Mm. And I don't know, that's, uh, I, I want to talk about this because I want to simplify it. Yes. Yes. Like, that's why we're really talking about this whole conversation of, you know, barriers. Okay. If you don't have a definition of a disciple and you're like, I I know that I feel some resonance with what we're talking about with saturating the city with beauty and with justice and good news, but I, I don't really know what it is. It's like, well, lower the bar. Lower the bar by just going, who are the people that Jesus has put in my life that I can have spiritual conversations with and then begin to help them hear and obey? Mm. Now, you might also be thinking, how do I help them hear and obey? Right. Like that's the next logical sequence, right? Well, that's where we go to like, let's talk about raising the bar. You know, well, you got to be hearing and obeying first. So there is... And understanding that you got to be walking with Jesus. This is why we go back to habits, right? Like you have to be reading scripture. 
You have to be in a place of accountability with other people that are following Jesus. So you can be saying, hey, I, I read this passage this morning, and I think Jesus is asking me to do this. Help me follow in obedience. So they're praying for you, that they're walking with you in that. So mm-hmm. it's like out of the overflow of your understanding of I read this, I think it means this, I'm going to be obedient to it, and then sharing that story with somebody. And just, again, lowering the bar, like I'm reading this passage, and it says this, and I think it means this for my life. And in community, we're discerning, yes, that looks like what that means for your life. How do you be obedient to yeah. it? That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And, and by lowering the bar, you don't mean making less, I, I assume. No. Saying, lower the bar is making it less complicated. Yeah, yeah. So. No, no, no. I think that, And I think that's really, really good. Because if, if the picture of making disciples is... Okay, if it's a really complicated picture, then okay, we're not going to live into it. If it's lowering the bar, okay, just get just walk around and get people to say a prayer, right? That that was evangelism for so many of us growing up, or even maybe networks that you're still in, right? Like evangelism is getting people to pray this the salvation prayer, which is not a prayer that's ever in the Bible, you know. And it's like, but we've made it this pinnacle thing that people are supposed to 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 pray. Well, if that's my understanding. Well, then you probably need to raise the bar, but like, <laughs> but how, how you go about it, the, your way of is going to, to walk towards that destination. And so I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to have people to pray this prayer. I'm going to knock on doors. I don't, may not even have to know them. I might just create an emotional experience. A lot of things that we have, as practitioners have naturally pushed against, right? Okay. So in that sense, raise the bar in terms of, okay, we want lordship of jesus going back to really the first barrier we talked about is really said understanding of jesus as lord and then understand okay so that means when i'm walking with people who god's called us to the context of life the the missional spaces that he has us in is that okay i what what does it mean to hear and obey okay i want to create environments through conversation and then through intentional reading scripture together where we can simply allow people to hear god on their own like, so that's really, that becomes our job in one sense is to create space so that people can hear from God. And that becomes really practical, both as evangelists and as disciple makers, because maybe evangelism, you just need to create space to hear someone, to have actual conversations, going out to coffee, grabbing some food, being around a fire pit, uh, happy hour, whatever. I mean, something where you're actually creating some kind of intentionality. You're saying you're going to sprinkle in the Jesus stories. You're going to sprinkle in the gospel things that you're learning. And you're going to say like, you know, through natural conversation, how that, how this other person hears that, what that means for them. You know, I mean, all the things that we talk about a lot, all the way up to a discovery Bible study where, you know, this environment that you're hanging out with, with people who, who are probably wanting to pursue that more. And you read a story together and you say, what's, what's that mean for your life? Or it's a full-fledged, you're a bunch of followers of Jesus in a microchurch, and you're reading, you're teaching one another, and you're saying, all right, what does that look like for me this week? And you're applying it, right? And that doesn't mean I have to do, 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 do all the time. It means that, man, maybe maybe obedience means stop doing so much and just shut up and listen, yeah, right? Like, surprising. that's what we're saying. We We... I am not the Holy Spirit. I cannot determine all the things that the Holy Spirit needs to teach you and show you. I don't know what your next step is. I could create a sermon and give you three possible next steps. <laughs> and I've done that lots of times. And maybe, you know, just out of sheer luck, I'd get it right sometimes. <laughs> right? But, I, but the thing is, I really want to create just create a space that you can determine that. And we can determine that together. 
So that's what we mean by lowering the bar. Don't make it so complicated. Just join God in those spaces and just say, okay, how does that hit you? That's my favorite discipleship method. Interesting. What do you, what do you think? Ah, man. Yeah. Totally cool. What do you hear when we say that? Just putting it right back on them. I had a friend in, uh, coming to us the other day saying, hey, we wanted to ask you this question because it was about the Bible. And all my response was, oh, interesting. Yeah, what do you think about that? As we, all I did was quote a Bible verse. Right, so right. it's like I could unpack it. And we did have a conversation. It's not like I totally don't say anything. Jesus did that all the time. All the time. <laughs> like, you know how many times that Jesus responded with a question to a question? Jesus, what does the law say about this? How do you interpret it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I love it. Like when people do come and ask Jesus a question, it's like how many times he directly answers them. Three. It's like, yeah, so, so it is, it's like, I would say somewhere between three and six, depending on how you define answer. Right, right. Right. Because it's like he just straight, he was okay with not having the answers, yeah. even though he had every answer from the beginning of time to the alpha and the omega. I mean, the dude knows he has every answer yet just providing answers was not the idea of disciple making. I think another angle on this to talk about as well is, uh, the metric. Mm. So, you know, when you're approaching it from a metric of pray the prayer and count the number of people that have said that or that are showing up or whatever, like there, there is an added level of pressure there, which in some ways can become a barrier because you feel like oh, I'm not winning at this or I'm failing at this or whatever your language is around that. But when we think about making a disciple as someone who's learning to hear and obey and we're recognizing that they're growing in character and calling, the metric is about the stories that you're telling. Mm, yeah. You know, so to to be able to see like, man, we are making disciples in this network of relationships because these are the stories that we're hearing. Mm. These are the stories that are being written. This is how this uh, family as experiencing the fullness of peace in their life because a mom made this kind of a decision or a dad made this kind of a decision. And it's like, that's disciple making, you know, you're seeing the, the wholeness and the fullness restored in that family or in that relationship in some way, because you've helped walk beside people who are going like, I think, uh, man, I read the second Corinthians passage you know, where I was talking about be reconciled to God. And I think it's like actually telling me to be reconciled to the people in my network yeah. of relationships. Yeah, that's probably what he's saying. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. How 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 can I support you as you do that? Yeah. Like that's disciple making. How can I support you as you do that? Mm. And then walking alongside somebody. So it, it, it just changes the game from like I got a I got a book study. Mm. We need to walk through this thing. Mm. So that on the back side of it, we'll know all this stuff versus, yeah, my marriage is falling apart and I need somebody to help me like hear and obey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I read this passage about honoring my wife. Yep. How can I help you do that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the kind of disciple making that we have to reorient mm-hmm. ourselves towards. Yeah. So good. I mean, I, it, and also it goes back to John 15. Hear and obey is abide and produce fruit. 
And that's not just action-based. A lot of it hear and obey is teach people how to hear the voice of God and be still, be connected. Uh, How's that expressed in love in our, in our everyday life? Like, I don't know, maybe there are specific things that come to mind when we say the word obedience that's throwing you off. Mm-hmm. It's it's just be connected to God, hear him and do what he says, live in the ways. If we're if we're if our discipleship method looks like that, then I think we're being like Jesus. And it takes the weight off of our shoulders. And so when we talk about discovery Bible study, all that is is kind of the it's our fancy words. And it's our fancy questions. Not, not actually, they're not fancy. They're very simple. But it's it's <laughs> it's the methodology that really just goes back to the heart of everything that we're saying. Do you think that we're making this too trite? Like, does it? I, I'm asking you, and I, I bet somebody's in their car going, "Yep." <laughs> you know, like <laughs> hear and obey. That sounds so easy and clever, but it's not. It's, it's so like it's hard. I'm going through a season where I feel extremely dry. I'm reading my script, you know, the scripture every day, creating space to try to hear, and I just cannot hear. Yeah. So, well, you guys think because you're okay. making this way too easy, and it's just not. I'm reading Second Timothy two today. Spending time with the Lord. You know, we quote Second Timothy two two a lot, which is you know Timothy basically um you know entrust other people who will entrust other people, you know, and so we look at four generations deep. But right after that, Paul gives an analogy. He basically says, "Hey, be like a be like an athlete, you know, who like works hard or who uh who works for the really basically the." the did gl- you read this? Or I not? did. It was really good. <laughs> he gives three analogies of an athlete, a farmer, and a soldier. And it's basically, it's around working hard. But this word endure pops up three times in the first half of Second Timothy 2. Endure. Endure hardship. You know, endure. Uh, he talks about his own hardships, Paul. And then later he says, if we endure, we will reign. And you know what? I'm thinking, what, what is, to me, you know, what, is endure, what does endure mean right now in my life? And so I was just like writing it down and journaling of like, the you know it get relatively personal so i won't go too deep into it but it's like yeah i get it are we too trite is it dry are there hard things yeah but that still in the end all i'm doing is i'm trying to hear from god and 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 just be as he wants me to be you know and and for the sake because i love i i want to i want to walk like jesus walked i want to please my father right i want to like i'm his son and i know he loves me and i want to love him and this is like man this is what I want. And so what does endure? What does it mean to endure for me? Well, that's really all that is, is another side of the same conversation of hear and obey. So like, I, is it too trite? It's maybe if we, if it's, we're making it too complicated, <laughs> like we are specifically going after simplicity. We don't want to make it, we're not trying to say it's shallow and it always looks like this, but like if you're someone who's who's stepping into this, one of the biggest barriers to movement is overcomplicating the process. So let's remove that barrier. Yeah. And just throw one more thing in there as we wrap this one up is just to say, if you're, if you're hearing this and you're going, if you're hearing, I want to hear and obey. Cool. That's my definition. I want to help people, but I just don't know how to hear and obey. Well, we have a we have a process called Discovery Bible Study <laughs> that helps you yep. begin to do that. And it's just very simple questions that help you begin to study scripture in order to hear and obey. But I'd also encourage you above all else, it's like we were made for a family. Mm-hmm. And and we were made to do this in family. And so if you're alone, 
and you're struggling, it might be because, that, I mean, just throw another bear, it's because you're alone. Yeah. And you need a family to do this in. You need to be in the presence of other people who are pursuing obedience to Jesus, who are pursuing abiding with Jesus together. Because it's in that space that you're they're going to give you life and you're going to give them life. It's And it's actually in community that we learn to hear and obey better. That's right. That's right. Like we learn to discern because we have f- people that know us who are going, I hear you, but I see this in your life. And just as a note, this is what I see, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and it just helps to sharpen those pieces and to bring clarity uh, to what we're hearing and learn to tune our ears towards Jesus in those ways because we have a family that's helping us do that. So mm-hmm. uh, I just encourage that. And and for those of you in families, you know, again, to like to say, this is how you do this together. Lean in together to hearing the voice of God together. Uh, we miss that so much because we're so individualistic as a culture. Um, but if you're, if you're in a space where you're going, I want to hear and obey, I just don't know how to do it, you know, hey, we're here. Connect with the underground. We yeah. love to support you. We love to walk beside you to help you hear and obey. Yeah, I'll end with this. Uh, I think uh, David Watson, I think, wrote in Contagious Disciple Making that if like, if, if like grace and uh, I forget some of the other, like grace and mercy is the love language of God, then obedience is the love language of us. That does, so we're not talking about just go and make this happen. We're saying like in loving response to God, we want mm-hmm. to surrender our lives and, and, and do this and love better and whatever, whatever that looks like. So just I, that word can sometimes trip us up. Uh, but with this, if you want to know, you want to have an individual practice. This, this is a tool used all around the world. It's basically a personal discovery Bible study. You can make it three columns. You can get your a journal out or a piece of paper or whatever. And next time you have some time to sit with the Lord. Um, and just begin in prayer, be still, you know, invite the Holy Spirit, uh, to be in that time. And then when it's time to read the word, whatever passage you're in, just write it out in your own words, or you can write it out exactly the words that you have in the text, either one. And just maybe spend a couple minutes, like, just like writing out some things that stand out to you and then just write down, what are you going to do about it? In light of the things that God has shown you, just get specific. And that's all we're talking about. Like that is a good way to begin to kind of step into the, what we've called in the past, the spiritual muscle memory of obedience. Mm. Begin to just make that what, as a follower of Jesus, is just what I do. Um, and that just, that can overflow to your disciple, uh, discipling relationships as well. So that's a practice. Go do it. Do it. <laughs> now. Well, I, 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 just in light of that. Now. <laughs> as we help people hear and obey, what we are helping people do is respond to Jesus in their life so that they can join him in their masterpiece mission so that we can fill more places and spaces with beauty, justice, and good news. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement, 
that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city. We'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.